This is Tongue in Cheek with the Solomon Sisters. I am Nana. I am Dina. And we are Stylishly Solomon. We are fashion stylists, sisters, and Bravo-holics. So anything to do with Bravo and pop culture, we are your person. If you like listening to two talkaholics, sisters, who love Bravo, fashion, pop culture, and nonsense, this is your podcast. We are your people. Join our sisterhood. We are just so excited to have you. We will have weekly interviews with some of the most exciting people, players in the industry of social media takeovers, fashion, everything relevant to pop culture. We'll also feature weekly breakdowns of TV shows, almost entirely all Bravo, but sometimes we might do We might add an E news. Yeah, and something, something on the E network, like a little bit of Kardashian or MTV. Thank you for Jersey Shore. So there might be some, you know, trips down others, but this is a mostly Bravo focused show. And we also will break down things that we think are worth being in the know about. They're what people are talking about. And what you should be talking about with us. So yes. we can't wait to have a gossip, to really get into it, and yeah. to also have some giggles. Yeah, feel free. Join the conversation. We'd love to hear what you want to know about, what you're interested in as well. And hopefully that's, again, all around fashion and Bravo. Yes. So here's our show. Hello, this week's show we have a very exciting show. It's going to be a little bit of a different format from the first two. We're going to be talking about Vanderpump Rules and the three reunions that came out, what we thought about them, what we thought about the post-reunion firings and all of that. After, we're going to be having an amazing interview with the ultra-accomplished Kenya so we have an amazing interview, a very special one, with the beautiful and talented Kenya Claiborne. You might also know her from Style and Society magazine. She is a digital creator, sort of has her hands in pretty much everything you can think of. She is so amazing and has a really beautiful platform that I, we can't wait to sort of share with you and get to know her, so you guys can get to know her better because she's somebody that you're going to want to remember forever and it's probably going to be somebody that's going to be on your lips very soon all the time. So let's get started and talk about Vanderpump Rules Reunions. It's an exciting time. I felt that the three parts, all three of them, I felt rushed. I felt like there's too much cast, 19 people is a ridiculous amount of cast. I barely felt even attached to the OG stories this season because they were so cut up with all the new cast members. I am definitely on the team of not a fan of the new cast, although with everything that happened in recent weeks, which I know we'll get to momentarily, I'm certainly not really anymore 
a fan of the old crowd, but I definitely felt like the reunion, there was just not, like, it felt like the right questions weren't being asked, and the people who were getting into interesting conversations were getting cut off, and I just didn't enjoy it. I felt a great example of this was when Charlie and Jax were fighting. Like, what happened there? I want to. Yeah, they did down. not give us a good enough backstory. And they said Charlie doesn't have Twitter. But then the next day on social media, it said Charlie responded to something Jack said on Twitter through a tweet. Do do do. So what's going on, Charlie? And I mean, just everything with that. In the last segment, I know we're jumping all over, but when Stassi. Katie and Kristen, if they finally addressed their falling out, it felt so rushed. It was just a few minutes. All the points that if you follow them on social media, have seen any interviews, they were like pre-rehearsed answers. There was absolutely nothing emotional. Because I felt like Stassi and Kristen were already friends again. And this was just like for us to kind of re-get... Oh, uh, see, I don't think so. I think their friendship came back together. From now, I think they were already okay. Because Stassi at the reunion said that she was, she probably was going to, like, she didn't, she can't say for certain, but that she would like her at her wedding. She would like all this. And if Stassi was, like, done with her the way in the past, she would have been, like, even the face, like, your face I can't see. But I've heard her in a lot of interviews even months ago say that she doesn't know. Yeah. So that's pretty much what she Yeah, said. but I feel like they're fine. I feel like this is just for the show now. Well, I really, so lackluster. I really felt that they spent, just like this season, way too much on Dana. And I genuinely actually believe that the cast, after meeting her on the show, liked her and connected with her, the OG cast. But, but I, I think the public did. I do not care for her. I have absolutely no interest in her story. I have no interest in her weird triangle relationship with these two sort of weird, I don't know, like modern metrosexual guys who seem to care more about their friendship with each other than any sort of story with her. And even they just don't come across authentically to me. The whole thing, the everything about her, about Brett, about Max, it's so disingenuous. It just doesn't feel like this is a real life love triangle and I never got behind the story. The most interesting person to me from the new cast has always been Danica. And then we first meet her and she's been suspended. Then we find out that she has to have the um, breathalyzer in her car. Then we find out that she has not one, but two separate restraining orders from two and separate boyfriends. And I just feel that there is kind of a confusion to me that this person, we never got more of her story. Whereas someone like Dana, who's clearly an outsider, didn't know anyone, didn't I think she was the Lisa Vanderpump favorite. I think Brett and Dana, Lisa, like both of them, is, for whatever reason, as people, which maybe they're different off screen. So she found there was something in them. I did not. I think Brett I seems feel. like one of the worst people that was ever, like, not like the worst. He doesn't seem like. But he seems really bad for reality TV show. I think he comes across super sleazy and like so disgusting and like one of those guys who thinks they're a good guy, but, he, but everything and also they do thinks is thinks he's not good looking, good but he's not good looking. Like he has a lot of arrogance. Like he looks, for instance, like a Mauricio. He does not look like Mauricio. But as an executive producer, Lisa Vanderpump showed me why she does best when she's on shows 
like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because she does not have time to over-executive produce this show, yeah. and therefore mistakes like Dana and Brett and Max are not made, because she doesn't have time to get into things. I think she had too much time on her hands. I think she needs to go back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, split her time properly, and that way she's just doing kind of drop-bys, fly-bys with the Vanderpump cast, and not getting so into the nitty-gritty. I mean, nothing was sadder than this season to me than watching Lisa Vanderpump play a prank by putting her panties in Tom's suitcase during the um, Las Vegas Oh, that was so weird. And it just made me think, oh, Lisa, you need to go back to Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. You don't belong here. This is your baby show. A mother does not go off to college or uni with her children. Do not try to party at the university with your children. Go home. And that's ever so apparent in even the reunion because even when they brought up the prank saying like oh you were more involved you were more this like it was awkward you felt the cringiness no the weird thing was when lisa got mad at danica for implying that brett and lisa were having an affair when she even said it on the after show like a joke it, I mean, that I didn't even so take it, and then weird. Lisa was Who's like... Who's taking that seriously? But that Lisa did, I thought that was weird, too. I think she, I I think she did it for that scene. And I just think that's what it showed, that she had to do that for the reunion to create something. It was it just an overall bad reunion. It was and a bad season, bad, bad reunion. reunion. And even sadder was what they all chose to wear. <gasps> oh, and I think we all need a moment of silence for that. I think this reunion as a whole... I mean, I get that they were in quarantine, but Atlanta brought it. Like, this reunion just was so awful. And, again, what Stassi chooses well, to wear I, every reunion. It's just, like, why, Stassi? Like, why? I think, you though, better taste. one of the things that really disappointed me was in between the first and second part of the reunion, everything broke out with what happened with Stassi and Kristen and the very racist um and that they didn't remember i told you i thought they would do before. no that's what i was just saying before you cut me off uh, that's what i was trying to say the, you know that was the, for the, the first racist action that they took the right i said in between the first and second yeah. um this came out and if you're living under a rock in our dpr fan i don't know how you don't know this but i've actually met someone who didn't know this so i will let dina explain so basically this is what happened about two-ish years ago, when Faith was having an affair with Jax, Kristen and Stassi decide to go after this girl. Is it normal Kristen and Stassi behavior? Yes. Mm -hmm. But did it have some racial tones? Yes. Now, just on a subplot of this, during this year, Stassi also did um, a little bit of an anti-Semitic thing where she did a picture of herself um, in an outfit and wrote Nazi chic. So not like the best year for her. So during this this year of her the Nazi chic year um she and Kristen went after Faith for having an affair with Jax because they were hurt you know for their friend Brittany well what they did during this time is that they started to call the police on her and Faith is a woman of color so they started to call the police on her she was in the military they started to call the military on her saying that she's gone AWOL that all this other stuff had happened each time they would call because they've said this even publicly the police told them to stop it like to stop calling them to stop doing these claims they're not true well Kristen then saw a picture 
on um, an F, on a on a call. Wait, okay. just to yeah. interrupt you. Though when they would call the police, they were suggesting that Faith was a woman. Who this is what I was gonna see. So Kristen was gonna post saw a post about a woman, um, a light skinned um, black woman who has been robbing and drugging men, and Faith, who is a darker skinned black woman. And looks nothing like this nothing woman. Like again, all. it would be a night and day. It was like if somebody got Ilana and I confused in that way. If you if you've seen us, you will see. If we're oh, night and day. Note, I can open Dina's phone with my face, and I can too, which has been a really lovely thing. But yes, so she reposted this um, picture on Twitter and said, "You guys, who does this look like? We need to get her. We need to get her arrested." And that's when Stassi and Kristen started calling. They also did, I think Saucy did two different interviews on a podcast where she discussed this, right? She went on the Beach Bible, which is um, a show that, I don't know if at that point there were friends, but she is friends with the host of the show. She, the, um, on the show, she shared what she had done quite proudly and they were laughing about it. And, um, she also shared that Kristen had been involved and that she tweeted about it to sort of make her followers aware. And for that matter, Jax also did. So this, I think, was either in 2016 or 2018. 2018. Sorry, April 8th, 2018. So 18. The so if this happened in 2018, then for two years, you know, they were kind of allowed to kind of get away with this. No one stopped it. It's sort of insane to think that, like, even... People were following them because I don't have a Twitter account and I believe Alana doesn't either. I follow yeah. Stassi. I don't follow Kristen. And Stassi on her social media is just usually posting on Instagram beautiful pictures of her and really cute outfits, which always make me so upset because Stassi, why are your outfits so cute on Instagram and you can never bring it on the reunion? I think this yes, is something Stassi. you should hire Alana and I for. We can really switch that up. But anyhow. On a different note, so when this came out, because Faith was bringing this out during the Black Lives she Murder, murder, <laughs> Black Lives, well, they are being murdered, but sorry, Black Lives Matter, um, you know how a bunch of different celebrities were kind of sharing their stories about what they've been through in their struggle, and Faith was just kind of mentioning about Faith was on an IGT live yeah. of a Florabama star whom I don't know her name because I don't watch the show, but in the interview she shared actually quite lightly, which is almost sad, that this had happened to her when she was talking about her experience on the show. So then, you know, it got picked up, and a lot of people, like, right away when they heard this, myself included, because I don't know how somehow I did miss all of this, um, a lot of people wanted, you know, both of them gone. I think after There was a huge, like, two call days, to action yeah. across social yeah. media. Yeah, and I think after, like, two days, Kristen and... Um, Stassi were fired. It did take them, I think, a as good well, amount of time to comment on any of this. As well as Max and Brett, who both during the reunion had had been given the opportunity to and they said excuse their past racist um, rants. Max was uncomfortable and wouldn't even really talk them. about it. Well, Max has a black grandfather so he should be even more ashamed but they were both given opportunities to sort of apologize and excuse their past behavior and you know um say that this is no longer who they were to be fair to max and brent both the tweets that were being referenced that they had done had been decades old not only a couple of years like stassi and kristen 
Either way, all four were fired. After they got the sack, the second episode of the reunion aired. And Dina said to me, Ilana, I think that they will put some sort of placard or, or notice, yeah, some disclaimer that these people are no longer associated with the show. We apologize for the things that they have done. They do not reflect Bravo. And please, like, um, we, we understand right now it's a sensitive time, so please know this was recorded, you know, months ahead. Well, they don't do that. But what they do is that the next day, both Andy Cohen and Lisa Vanderpump put out state statements that to me were very like they meant nothing. I just kind of felt PR like written yeah, they they didn't really. I thought they were gonna do you know something that was a bit more heartfelt, something that would really show that like a lot of stuff, especially with Bravo. And I know Andy Cohen. We all look at him as like the Bravo guy. I know he only has a certain amount of power when it comes to his own shows and a lot of shows we think he's involved with, he isn't. But I do think with the shows that... very frustrated yeah. about this. But I do think in regards to the Housewives and Vanderpump, which he is involved with, it is a little concerning that none of these shows have any diversity. Even between... I actually, after the first... Um, the first, which would have been the second... Um, and a, a yeah. reunion episode came out, and I thought, okay, maybe they didn't have time, although that's ridiculous, but still didn't have time to do some sort of apology properly. By the third one, there was plenty of time, and they did nothing. Well, I guess a lot of people on Instagram also had kind of the same idea I had, because that next day, a lot of, a lot of people were like, how come Bravo didn't comment? Why are they still not commenting? Meanwhile, Stassi's announcing that she's pregnant, pulling at her heartstring things too, after getting fired by her PR team hiring a crisis manager. And Kristen and her are now friends, now you guys. buddies again. Kristen, Kristen Jackson, and Sasha were all together. Yeah, they are all under the same crisis management house because there is now a call to arms to fire Jacks because they officially have not yet. I have a theory, though. Jumping ahead, I know. But I have a theory that I think Jax won't be fired in this clump, but he will return. So it won't be like they give him all that, you know what I mean? Oh, so when this thing comes back, he just won't be there. And if he is there, because if they don't officially fire him and then they have him pop in, but he's not really there, like Grandpa Jack's just somewhere yeah. in the background, I think then it's kind of like less illy. But if they want to have him in any relevance there, they can't fire him as part of it. He just has to kind of drift off into alumnus. No, I feel that. I feel that. But I read today, which was one of the saddest things, ever because I just think it just shows how short-sighted people are. There was a petition that apparently thousands upon thousands upon thousands have signed saying that they want Stassi and Kristen put back on the show. No, I have heard, like, there's a bunch of stuff I've heard that, like, Stassi has been talking to Bravo and, like, all this other stuff. What I think is going to happen is that Stassi might get another show that's about her and Bo like with their baby and her kind of starting a new leaf, maybe Kristen will end up popping up sometimes in Jack. That crazy neighbor Kristen. Yeah. But I think it's gonna they're gonna probably try to make it a bit more lighthearted, which then no one will really wanna watch and it will be like a Bethany Frankel show where we need her in a group setting. I think she's gonna take a year or two probably off, have her daughter I don't even and come think back. A full Two years. I think she's going to yeah. drift away for like a season. There's going to be a Stasi season. And then she's going to come because back. Because to be fair, I was thinking about this. We have experienced Vanderpump without Stasi, and it still worked. 
I love her, she's my favorite, and when she came back, I was really happy for her to be back, but it's not that the story needs her. And I think that the problem with Vanderpump, and we've talked about this even before, because when the season ended, we both felt like it kind of felt like an ending for all of them. Mm -hmm. And we were saying like what they really need is a full new cast, not the shitty new cast they tried to throw in on us, but like a full, fresh new cast. And I think Stasi and Jax and Kristen need to go out to pasture. Poor Sheena, you know, they need to find something new for her. Their story is no longer authentic. They are no longer 20 and 30 somethings trying to make it in LA working for Lisa Vanderpump at her store. And they need, like the Kardashians, to start getting real. This we know isn't real. We know they don't really work there. Where they know they don't, you know, look to Lisa for shifts and things like that. It's a totally different world. And unless they can find a way to be authentic and real and really showcase what their life is now like, you know, traveling, doing book signings, doing stuff as someone famous now, even if it's D-list famous, famous now, and how that's changed their life. Because right now on the show, their life hasn't changed. It seems like they're still these nobodies, but they're not. So I think they need a spinoff if those who have not been let go. And in their spinoff world, we're getting more of their real life and less antics like stupid pranks like TPing each other's house and fake police thing. And then the Vanderpump Rules cast will now be a whole bunch of new hot mess 20-somethings. This is what I think we need. I think it's a great idea. Great idea. Great, we'll have to talk to the Bravo next. It's Evolution. I think they're the ones who produce it for Bravo, but yes. We'll do that. Evolution. Hear us out. We have some amazing, also other future ideas Solid. that we can't wait to share with you. But we're just beyond and we just feel like we have to get into it. We want to talk with Kenya. We have her like ready to go and so we're going to start right away. Yes, so that was our quick roundup of the reunion. There wasn't a lot to say about it. Because I mean, our um, a great a Ariana, Ariana, her oh, yeah. depression, I think, pretty much made me depressed the whole reunion. You know what? She went a little crazy during this reunion when she started dancing and all these stuff. And when like, Tom started playing yeah, the music, the two of them, they were just really I too may much. have been quarantined for too long. And, and what I drugs they were on at that reunion? They were on some. I just thought the most annoying part of the reunion was Ariana every time she went my job no, was when they showed the text messages on the side there's literally screaming at each other for bloody murder on screen and then they show us the oh is that where they're all just where they're all being like ha, ha, like all these cheesy stuff they're showing the ranch yeah that stuff. was weird. I was like who are these people are you really fighting or not if you're gonna be messy go deep go messy and live for that yeah. mess and I think that, though, was a really example of what this season has been like. Although I don't like to always quote Jax or really like, use him as a, a reference. But in this way, you I don't think, always? No, I don't always. <laughs> but I think in this case, Jax was right. He had said, no one cares about the new cast. And the way that they did this season really, dish, like, really did a downplay on the show. And I think Jax is right. But it also shows that all of the people were watching because of what they do in their daily lives should not be the people we are watching at this yeah. point. So I think, you know, 2020, for, learning year. I'm ready for, like, say by the Bell, the new class. I'm ready yeah, for, we're we're ready for the, the new class. So we, so that said, we are ready. So let's get into it with Kenya. Yes, we are so excited. 
and the coming of the Kenya Claiborne interview. Oh, it's so lovely to officially meet you. We're such big fans and we're so inspired by everything you do. And we both loved your TikTok video. Oh my gosh, so much. <laughs> With that, that was like our favorite. We would love, um, just so we can have all our listeners like hear all about it. Will you tell us a bit about yourself and like how you got started? And yeah, everything? like just tell us your story. Yeah, and your platform because we both love it. Sure. Um. Well, my name is Kenya Claiborne. I am the founder, editor in chief of Style and Society magazine. I am also a style and lifestyle influencer, and I work with a lot of brands across entertainment, fashion, lifestyle, travel, food, and events. And um, I launched Dallin Society in 2013. Um, I was, you know, I've spent the last 20 years actually working in corporate America for like big Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies doing like public relations, corporate communications, um, publicity, uh, you know, corporate social responsibility, all of those different facets under the communications umbrella. But, um, you know, those jobs weren't fulfilling like my love of, you know, fashion and entertainment and some of those sexier things. And so um, while I was working full time, I just created Style and Society just as a creative outlet um, where I could just share some of the things that I love with the world. And so I started it and it really just started just as my own little like hobby. And then over the years, it just kind of evolved and it grew. And so um the behind the name style and society so style represents more than fashion style represents lifestyle and society represents how we all connect through food through fashion through travel through everything that we touch breathe and see and um and you know i also you know working in media for so many years i also understand that you know um, people of color are always not represented in media and if they are sometimes they're misrepresented so i wanted to create a platform that really celebrated diversity and inclusion and so no matter who you are um, whether you're someone that is gay or lesbian or you're somebody with a disability or no matter what your ethnic background is it's like you find some type of connectivity and connection um, with the content that we have um, so yeah that's a little bit Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love your message. And I, I really do think that comes across in your platform. Like, it's so inviting and it's so knowledgeable and you just want to be a part of it because it looks so much fun, too. And I love, like, from the second I when I saw you posting, I shared it with Ilana and I was just like, this girl is amazing. Look at her. Like, She's like, you're going to be as obsessed as I am. And, and you have the best <laughs> energy in your pictures, too. Like, you almost want to jump in and be, like, a part of what you doing and I love that because it creates such an intimacy which I feel like people really need yeah I, I definitely think you have a very strong and unique ability to make people feel like almost like connected and and part of the story like you're their friend or you're their like person so it's not someone decent that you've not met before but someone who's like just right there for you to have a laugh with or to you know sort of engage with and I love that Oh, thank you. So just tell us a little bit more about your social media platforms, where we can find you and sort of everything, because there's a lot of all-encompassing things you're involved with. Just to kind of detail that a little bit, so that way our listeners can really kind of find you and, and stop you. you. Yeah. <laughs> all, all around. 
Well, yeah, so number one, you can find Stalin Society magazine online. Um, it's uh, stalinsociety.com. Um, you can also find us on pretty much every single social media platform, either under Stalin Society um, as a tag or my personal one, which is Kenya Claiborne. My name is K-I-N-Y-A-C-L-A-I-B-O-R-N-E. But we are definitely on um, YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Pinterest, we're on Instagram, um, you know, Twitter, and just recently, and probably like in March when quarantine started, is when we really dived into the TikTok world. And so we are also on TikTok as well, which is where you guys saw the um, Housewives of Beverly Hills video. Yes. <laughs> what is your favorite platform? Do you have a favorite platform right now? Uh, you know, I probably would say um, Instagram just is just because it's where I get the paid the most <laughs> is through Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the most of my money from, so probably Instagram. <laughs> and with Instagram, where you kind of first started the idea, or was it through the website, and then you kind of took it to Instagram? Yeah, so it was really through the website. So you know, when I started Selling Society magazine. Um, I, you know, being an entrepreneur was never part of my vision board. Like I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like I've always had really good jobs and a really good career. And, you know, I was making a, a six figure salary and, you know, um, but I was, I was comfortable, you know, and being comfortable is okay. Um, but it didn't fulfill my passion. And so sometimes like your work and your passion don't marry. And so if it doesn't, that's okay just create something that, that, that does, you know, fulfill your love and fulfill your passion. And so that's exactly what I did. I didn't start selling society to become a blogger or to become an influencer or to become an entrepreneur. I just did it because I had an idea and I just, um, you know, wanted to create a platform to be able to, you know, share some of the things that I loved. And then it just kind of grew from there. But, um, so yeah, I started the magazine first and then the whole influencer stuff, came about from just the content that I was already creating and then I just kind of developed into an influencer whereas like brands like in fashion and food and travel started noticing the content that I was creating and started inviting me to um, create content for them. So I think it's it. amazing but I think that shows because you're so authentic too and it comes so across and you have such a strong voice that people do want to hear more about it. Yeah, that's what I was saying before. It's really easy to feel connected to you, even without having the pleasure like we are right now to actually meet you. <laughs> I yeah. just felt like, like I had a, feel, a good feeling for you and a good sense of you and like, like she knew how to, you know how to make me laugh. <laughs> and like, you know, and it's such a, uh, like that's not, something you can really uh, like almost develop it's something that's from within you and I think that's an amazing skill and um <laughs> oh, of course and we kind of did say this I know you had mentioned your career was starting in fortune 500 companies um so we can kind of then move past it but I bet it played a huge role but how did social media particularly um you I know you had said influencer was starting but really influence your career and kind of where do you see within the social media platforms that like will be your main? Is it gonna still be Instagram? Do you see it as TikTok maybe the future? We'd love to get your insights. <laughs> yeah, so I, I always tell, you know, any any entrepreneur, like utilize social media as like a marketing tool, you know? It's a free marketing tool that's out there. 
Um, you just have to take advantage of it, right? In order to market yourself and market your brand. So, um, I mean, for me, social media is great because, you know, it allows me to, you know, connect with more people and share more of my content. Um, I think in terms of um, social media, um, TikTok is definitely growing really fast. Um, I know that through TikTok there, you know, during the whole like um, Black Lives Matter protest, when the day after George Floyd, um, George Floyd died or got murdered, um, I should say, um, you know, TikTok blocked the Black Lives Matter hashtag on their platform. And they also um, shadow banned black creators on the platform the day after his, his, his death. And I was actually one of those um, content creators. So my, my um, platform on TikTok got shadow banned and blocked from TikTok for about an entire week after his death. That's um, crazy. So, yeah. And so yeah, that I yeah. heard about that they were blocking videos I heard about that hashtag, I heard about the hashtag. and I and I heard like a statement like right away from them like saying you know that wasn't they weren't meaning to do like something like but that. I only heard the reference to the hashtag I yeah. didn't even know about this that's awful mm-hmm. yeah but, like, I'm sorry didn't yeah <laughs> so um so yeah, I mean, just in terms of TikTok, I mean, it, it definitely is a growing platform. But I think the thing that these um, these these companies really need to understand is they really need to um, celebrate diversity, right? And not just say it for PR, you know, not just say you know we value Black voices, and you know, it's like actually show that you value Black voices, show that you celebrate diversity. Um, and so I just haven't seen that from TikTok. Um, I, I see their statement as more of a reactive, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So no, that I, I really have an issue with. No, I completely get, get that. Because even like before we started sort of using TikTok, which came about during quarantine, we had already heard that, like, because I, I watch like a lot of these like YouTube um Commentators. Like commentators. And they were already have some commentators. (laughs) But um, they were saying about how TikTok has an algorithm that blocks anyone who doesn't look a particular way. So you won't get certain views. You won't get certain of this and that. So at the time, it had put me off. But I think when, and this was before anything with the Black Lives Matter or anything during like um, before, like people started to actually recognize, sorry, not before it mattered, but the actual movement when we were playing around, we kind of just decided to sort of play with it. Well, but actually, we knew like that it might be like a little bit of a- Well, I was very put off by it for the exact reason she was saying. And then at work at my old job, I had an assignment to make a TikTok video for like, you know, like a company TikTok video. And so I had to mm-hmm. like sort of, and TikTok because I kind of been not interested because I from research had found out that essentially like white girls in crop tops that were sort of barely over age were the only thing that really moves on the app and I did not understand why that would be something good for our company but you know I work for um, I don't know if you know Intermix but I oh, used yeah. to work for Intermix yeah, so it's like I was like not seeing that, but there were the the social media was like, no, you need to make this video. So um, 
we did work on that and then it kind of got into it because there's something kind of addictive about TikTok where you can do these kind of funny things and get into these, um, you know, the videos, different videos, yeah. get inspired, get creative. I love creating and producing content. So it was such a fun opportunity because the thing about Instagram, which I love is that it's so stylized and sort of curated and edited. But the thing about TikTok is I love the rawness of it. So then I got into it. And then when we were in quarantine, bored out of our mind, I was like, we need something to distract us. That will really be something that can energize our brand and move it forward. So I definitely think that with TikTok, it had that ability because everyone was so bored. They were looking for something new. But I did not necessarily realize what you point out. So it's making me kind of have a little bit of a... I think all platforms, brands, designers, because I know a lot of them are doing this where they're trying to be more, um, what's the right word? Um, not see-through. Uh, transparent. Transparent yeah. um, with what they're doing and everything. And I think that's amazing because I feel exactly what you said. Most people are doing stuff to kind of say something and then not following through. And I think right. we need to, as like the, especially because we both work in the fashion industry, people need to like start making voices heard and really start making sure every platform is including all of this and making it inclusive because I don't even understand how we live in a world where everyone is so separated and everything's so isolated in that way. We're supposed to be a collectivist society and learn from each other and grow. And I think that's one of the, the saddest things, especially during quarantine, where you could just really see that kind of separation. But then again, you could then see such a huge movement woke people up and really brought such a beautiful thing and now hopefully this will just keep growing and growing at least right. I hope. right but yeah you're right I mean these these social media platforms and these companies as a whole have a responsibility you know um and you know I don't know if you if you saw but you know there's also you know um, a bit of an issue with Facebook and you know Facebook um about a month ago some of their employees, um, you know, did a did a protest because Facebook wasn't Facebook was allowing um, content on the platform um, and and like Trump like hate speech and stuff like that. You know, so Facebook to step back, they're they're Trump supporters, right? Um, so Mark Mark is a Trump supporter, and regardless of what your political beliefs are, it's fine. But he was allowing like hateful content to go on Facebook and, 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 and wasn't doing anything about it. And so what happened over the past couple of days is like all of the major corporations pulled out of the advertising from it. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's what needs to happen. Yeah, yeah accountability and but action. Wait, does Facebook now own Instagram? They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So also on Instagram too. Yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram, like all of the big have pulled out of advertising. Um, you know, which I I I think is great because you know now he's finally listening though, right? So when it comes to money, now you listen. Now you do something about it. You know, but before when your own employees were just trying to do a peaceful protest you know, you weren't listening, you know, you didn't do anything about it, you know, so. It's interesting what gets people to actually, like, wake up, and sadly, it usually is, like, 
finance finance like if they're seeing a loss of profit and it's trending towards a certain way that's when they decide we're going to make a change and it's so sad that like not even just their own moral like encompass is not making them see like they should be already doing this and that this should have been done like 400 years ago so it's just insane that like it's a conversation that people still seem so ignorant on right but I really hope that this time is going to show people like you know, we need a change, not just in the fashion industry, but the whole world. It's not just America. It is everywhere. And everyone needs to be a part of it and be like an active, like daily thing. So it just becomes so like almost internalized. So it all just stops. Well, and I think we have to stop these sort of, I, you know, I was talking about this at work with one of my friends because we were talking about, um, faux change sort of, for example, in the fashion industry where brands claim to be kind of socially conscious brands, for example, with um, um, recycled materials and sort of Mm -hmm. these environmental campaigns, you know, green fashion. And yet when you look into it, they're not green at all and they're very destructive, but like maybe they use one piece, probably the tag of recycled fabric and they call the whole kind of um, the garment. garment And you see that a lot, Um, my father who, he's a doctor he was telling us that happens a lot with food as well where it'll say organic but like they use a natural pesticide mixed with all those same ingredients that they're arguing against and then they double the price for it mm-hmm. you know that um natural ingredient is actually the most harmful thing for your body that's why they stopped using it you know so it's like this faux kind of consciousness that's really just marketing and I think that's something that like if I hate cancel culture, but if there's something I was going to cancel, it would be faux social activism. Like, right. do the real thing. Like, I love on, on a lot of TV shows now where you watch things. Dina and I were talking about this the other day. Like, the conversation about sexuality is almost like not a conversation on a lot of shows. It's just sort of an assumed thing that some people are this, some people are not. It's not a thing. It's just not even part of the line. It's just like, I don't know if you watch The Politician, for example, but it's just sort of everything is just sort of what it is and it's not spotlighted as something different because in a way sometimes that makes it more of a thing like that's what we should be about everything nothing needs to be ideally a thing it just is and it should be all celebrated and also all just accepted and I feel one of the biggest problem is that people say oh this is my cause or I believe in this but they don't really so it's so inauthentic and their practices don't then represent their words but I think a lot of brands are getting called out right now there are some huge brands that are getting like called out they're gonna go through huge changes right now people of color like why aren't they rising up in the industry why is it that the models are being like done in certain ways even there was this um I think she's like a black trans model for um, L'Oreal. Did you see that on Instagram? Everything she's doing. Like she's, I I believe it's L'Oreal and I'll confirm. Um, But um, she's been doing a lot because they treated her really badly. And she was kind of, she started a dialogue about sort of everything they did. And they came out with an apology. And I think they're actually going to re-feature her. And they also sort of said they're going to like change their whole platform they want to do things differently and like she kind of brought to their attention there's um that also connie rothschild is that how you say um the french woman 
I would say it in Korean. Korean. Yeah. Do you say Korean? <laughs> <laughs> Thailand? I'm so, like, so bad with names, and as a French person, it's sad. Uh, but um, she, did you see her post with the model? Mm -mm. So she did a post as well where she kind of just sort of called out her friend, but sort of made it more about that the um, that her friend was a person of color and everyone was sort of calling out the fact that one like she's never posted a picture of her and this girl it's very random like that or like it's weird also that she had to write that like it was clear she didn't need to kind of do that and it was just for them like a show and she came out with the apology and that started then the model to be able to open up a lot about her experiences and how she kind of always felt like very spotlighted but not in like a nice way so right. I think it's and so people were saying like you know we need to do changes even something as like reality show like Vanderpump Rules uh -huh. like that has been amazing just to see well just within a month like in the at one point in the same month they sort of gave these two white boys the opportunity to just say like oh we didn't mean it it was nothing and they were gonna continue to have their job um brett and what's the other Matt, Matt? do you watch vanderpump i don't watch it but you know i'm a lisa vanderpump fan because of the housewives so i do i'm familiar so, so. on the reunion these two guys who had like old tweets from theirs, like, I think it was, like, five, ten years ago, had come out where they said, discussing racist things, and one of them is actually... His father, his, right? His grandfather is black, so I feel like it's all the more repulsive that he said some really horrible things, but, like, on the reunion, they actually gave them an opportunity to sort of publicly apologize, and Lisa said that it's not reflective of who they are now, they were stupid young boys, whatever, and, like, after you know everything that's happened bravo did what they should have done from the beginning it was like no we're firing these people they also fired two other stars for doing you know some pretty horrible things and it's just sort of like that sense of you can't just give someone a little two minute block to say i'm sorry and pretend like what they didn't do was something that makes them awful you know and i think that you know i like my housewives messy but i don't like like when we're giving people, you know, money, opportunity, platform yeah. who are hateful. And I think like if someone has something like that in their past, they do not deserve to have then a platform to raise their voice. Right. I commend, um, you know, Lisa and Bravo for firing. I think it was Stassi and somebody Stassi. else. Kristen, Brett, and Max. And Max, and they might fire Jax and Brittany. People are having like a huge thing against them. Um, it like what we were thinking is they might just stop the show and start like a new show. They should because they yeah. should have more diversity because right now people and gay people. Is it gay people or just white people? Probably gay people because at least they gay like, advocates. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's still people of color on the show. None. But there's also in the beginning there was, and then there there's was that talented singer, really amazing talented singer, and then I saw an interview with her, and she said that she wasn't meant for reality TV because she doesn't fight with people. So, <laughs> and then they had Faith, and then they had Faith, who was what kind of who started this? Yeah, started. She the was the one that actually called out everyone for what yeah. they did. So mm. she, um, and she said she might come back to the show. Well, she said she'd be open to. It. And so I think like. It would be smart to bring her back, especially so we could finally hear, if you did watch the show, this kind of whole drama happened with her, and it was explained to us in such 
a, a light to make this woman look really awful. And she's saying there's like this whole other side to the story too, besides she, the whole She's yeah. black. Oh, okay. And um, she was on the show and she had an affair with one of the guys. <laughs> And they just made her, like, they wouldn't give her time to she, talk. She, like, had, you know, the scarlet A. She was the and, devil. And then of. she's kind of explaining everything from her point of view, which which she never spoke of anything. They kind yeah, of shut never, up her yeah, voice. I don't know how they and did that. So it's been, like, what, at least three years where we didn't know. Because this was all in 2016, I think, they said. 2016 or 2018. I think it was 2016. I think it was 2018. Oh, okay. Well, between that and, like, all this racist stuff was being done by this No, girl. it's really horrible because in 2018, Stassi was on a podcast basically flaunting, I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, very confidently sharing with the world that she had done this horrible racist thing where they had called the cops on this girl and said she was another girl that in the Daily Mail they had been looking for a woman who was um, a woman of color who was doing some... like She, she was, was drugging, drugging men. old men and stealing from them. But they didn't even but look But this light. woman was a light-skinned woman. Faith is not. So even... Forget about just the fact that also their facial features, everything else. Nothing look about the them look alike. Their, even their colors were different. So the police took one look at the picture of Faith and was like, absolutely not. This is nothing. We're not pursuing this any further. Like, so they called the here. military police. So then they called her. the military police because Faith had formerly been in the military. And they said that she was an AWOL soldier when she wasn't. But they made this claim to try to get the military police after her. And they did this a couple of times. And then they tweeted about it to get other people. To and they said on Kristen, the other girl that did this, that that tweet that she did saying like everyone doesn't this look like kind of faith, which it doesn't, um, is still out. Like she didn't take it oh, down. No, she did. Oh, she, she did. did okay. Because I was saying like she should have been fired that second. That second that tweet came out like yeah. years ago, she should have been fired. That is so beyond racist. She wasn't looking at the person. She just made a statement. And those kind of things I hope get to change in all of these platforms because Bravo doesn't actually have a lot of different type of people unless they're kind of very, I always think like white American, like there aren't really that many like religious, like, or like Jews or religious people. And if they like are, that, they're very, they're like the, the Jews that become like white people, like who over assimilated and like, yeah. you can't even tell. But even like Asian people, Muslim people, like there's so many different people we are not included. Well, one of the things that really bothers me on a lot of Bravo shows is for example, you'll see on Shaws, if people are Muslim, they're like, I'm not that kind of Muslim. You know, I'm married to a Muslim man. Like, I take offense to that, you know? Or, like, they'll have someone Jewish, but she eats lobster and pork, and she's not at all proud. You know, at least, like, everyone seems to be, like... Very American. They might not be a tamed-down person, but they've sort of assimilated to become, like, a tamed-down version of whatever ethnic or cultural background they're sort of part of. And I hate that. Like, I... Or they'll do something ridiculous, like when they did the Long Island Princesses, which is always disgusting horrible not reflection of any positive version of a culture and it's just kind of I don't know I feel like Bravo needs to do a little bit better by truly reflecting like LA is one of these places where it has so much culture and so, so many, many different people. people that they only found a bunch of kind of like 
Wife Hicks and put them all in 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 the show. He's like, you know, that's not the best you could do. Don't tell me that you interviewed all these people and that's the best you found. But what I find interesting is when I talk to some of my friends, like I was talking to like one of my Spanish friends, and he was telling me he thinks it should always be very separated. He likes that each platform has a certain group and a certain kind of like he wants Beverly Hills to be Beverly Hills. He wants Atlanta to be Atlanta. Like he doesn't want like and then he was naming that new show you love the Mex like uh, oh I do love Mexican, Mexican dynasty. But it takes place in Mexico. <laughs> he was saying like he likes them all to stay separate, and I was saying I feel so different. Like, I want a show that shows everyone. I, maybe because we grew up in a world where we were never around one culture. It's very shocking to me when you see these shows that are just... Yeah, they're very segmented. Yeah. But how do you feel about that? Like, for instance, like, why like why for 10 seasons, why has the Beverly Hills Housewives been white? Just because you're in Beverly Hills doesn't mean you're white. There's all kinds of people that live in Beverly Hills, you know, outside of white people. Right. And it wasn't until this season and this is their 10th season that they finally put, um, you know, uh, a black woman on the show, you know. So, she is but it just, yeah, yeah, she is. But, you know, it took a long time to do that, you know. And it's crazy to think about it when you like how long it took them to even realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love the celebration of diversity and inclusion, you know, um, across all spectrums. And I think, um, you know, I think now these TV networks, these brands, like they're finally, hopefully opening up their eyes and like, you know, going to make a, uh, make a change, you know? I think they are. I do think especially the generations that are coming like we're we're not the same as like what was before we're not complacent we don't want things to stay the same we don't want to live in the ignorance we want to be a collectivist society it's not about like kind of more of your own selfishness and your own kind of fears so i do think that will be sort of the future we just all have to like what i said before it can't be something yeah embrace it it has to be something that becomes internalized and something that we're daily doing so that it's like not that something could ever just stop like um with brianna taylor like i know that that's something that we all have to actively be doing to make sure like those guys are in jail it is ridiculous that they are still not arrested i think is one of the saddest things i try to like every day try to see if there are any updates like what can we be doing because that to me is I mean, all of the stories are horrific, but that one, especially because of everything about her and everything she was, it always makes me want to cry. And like, I do think that that's hopefully, I hope something that, because I keep seeing it posted, like, don't stop, don't stop, like, make sure that I hope there's going to be a huge change with that. With everything but, going, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah. I mean, to your point, like, imagine you're in your own home, in your own bed, sleeping at night, and someone busts in your, your, your home and, and killed you, you know? Imagine if you went to work and killed somebody and all you got was fired, you know? No, it's just all crazy. on the wrist, you know? It's no, like, God. and did you hear about the story about Elijah? It's a, it's yeah. A, yeah, you know, this happened, this happened last year, you know what I mean? And again, like, it just got brushed under the rug, you know, nobody heard about it, you know? But all of these stories, and it's, and it's not just Breonna Taylor, it's not just Elijah, it's just it's not just George 
Floyd, it's so many other people of color that, that have experienced the same thing, you know? And every time it happens, it just gets brushed under the rug, you know? Or, or we make noise and we talk about it, and then it's forgotten because we're distracted by something else that happens, you know? But, I mean, it's just, it's just disgusting how, you know, it can continue to happen over and over and over again, you know? And I think, I think people are just tired. They're tired of being tired. They're tired of, of, of the system, you know, and, and, and the lack of responsibility, you know, and the lack of justice, you know, that's yeah. been, you know? I completely agree. We were even saying, like, we really think, you know, when it, especially when it comes to the police, because it's almost been embedded in this culture. They need to, like, clean house. Like, start a whole new program, a whole new training, whole new individuals. Everyone who's a police right now, as sad as it would be, like, I would put them in deep psychological, like, in therapy, this and that, see if after, like, weeks that they feel like if they're able to even come back. But honestly, I would get a whole new group of people. I think who we have in charge, how they've been trained, it's too late. Like, we need a whole new system. I mean, the reality is, though, I think police exist in an environment that's like high alert environments you need people who are not going to be reactive people who are calm people who know how to handle themselves and and calm a situation down not people who by their own nature and by their like desire as a group that get more and more and more i mean it becomes like then who is worse in this situation to the point where it's very clear the one who is worse and it's not the people who they're supposed to be, like the police shouldn't be needing policing. And I think that there is something very dangerous when you get to a point where not in an isolated incident, but as you said, where it's so many instances that these names are to me and now they're not even names anymore. They are like the words George Floyd to me, it means something so much greater and bigger and represents hundreds of years and thousands probably unfortunately if more instances of like brutality and hurt and pain and there has to be these like major 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 changes that are not going to ever be in my opinion able to happen with the same people you have to because someone hired them who was already broken who was already coming from a place of of poor training of poor thing and someone before them before them before them for generations so you need some people who are coming in from an entirely different state of mind state of perception i really think there's nothing um to do with what's there now it, it's too yeah. embedded what you're describing is systematic racism systematic yes. racism that has been going on for hundreds and hundreds of years, you know? That's what it is. That's that's a, a clear example of it. When you're doing your work, which is obviously has an, like you said, it's very inclusive and it's very um, kind of open to diversity, but it also has sort of a lightheartedness and then these things are going on in the world. How do you sort of kind of marinate those two worlds in order to have that message that is so positive without sort of losing, let's say, the lightness that you're commonly people are drawn to you for. Do you yeah. find that difficult? Because it's such an important message and I feel 
it, it there are some people who aren't maybe they go to someone for something specific but i feel your voice is so important to be heard yeah i feel like if if you are if you are an influencer you have a responsibility to use your platform and use your voice to make positive change and you know what what i've done um, to help further the Black Lives Matter movement is I've, you know, um, you know, included, you know, content, you know, in Stalin Society magazine that just speaks directly towards, you know, the movement and, um, you know, Black-owned businesses that you can support. And, you know, some of the brands that I've been working with, you know, I worked, I did a campaign for GoDaddy recently. And, you know, in that campaign, I talked about how diverse my own team is at Stalin Society. You know, we have, you know, we represent, you know, black, we represent white, Latin, Asian, you know, like all, like every, you know, segment, you know, we represent. And so I, I, I use that campaign as a way to, you know, talk about how important diversity is and inclusion is. Um, you know, I also, you know, I work with Revolve and, um, you know, Revolve um, initially had gotten a lot of flack when the Black Lives Matter movement because they've been accused of not being inclusive. And, you know, I've been working with Revolve for like three years and um, I've always felt that they were always inclusive and celebrated diversity in, in my eyes, my own personal yeah. experience, you know, however, you know, every company could do better, you know, this is the time where every company to look internally and externally and ensure that their staff internally is, is diverse and the influencers and the people that they work with are diverse. And so I was, I did a campaign like an Instagram takeover with Revolve right after the Black Lives, well, right after, um, you know, the Blackout Tuesday. And yeah. I did that. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, I saw that on Revolve. followers and their followers are from all over the world and I'm like if I'm going to have this platform if they're going to share the mic with me so that I can use my voice I'm going to use it and I'm going to you know highlight you know black owned businesses I'm going to highlight black owned designers I'm going to highlight black owned beauty brands like I'm going to I'm going to celebrate why black lives matter for those that don't understand why it matters and I did That's and I did an entire takeover with them is there any brands like that you have discovered through researching that sort of um, uh, posts and things like that that you're already doing? I know, but even more so, like right now, that have come to your attention that you're kind of really excited about. Absolutely, I think a lot of a lot of people right now are sharing, um, you know, black-owned brands, black-owned restaurants, black-owned everything, and so I think that's really great. One brand that that I've loved um, since they launched about a year ago is called Oma Beauty. Um, it's a black-owned um, beauty brand, and it's owned by Sharon uh, Shooter, and she's a like 20 or a 32-year-old Nigerian woman, and she started this this amazing makeup company. And right after the Black Lives Matter movement, she started a campaign called um, uh, Pull Up or Shut Up. And <laughs> where she was challenging like all these other beauty brands to speak. Wait, she, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding because we posted Wait, on yeah, that. We and posted on that. Like she, she started, started it. it. She started but the it. All of it was like reposted That's by all the luxury brands too. But also, I've seen it have a really. I've seen like friends in Paris, in Israel, in in Dubai, in Jeddah, like 
reposting that that's amazing that it started with someone like that is amazing yeah go on sorry. yeah yeah so it's just like you know um just basically furthering the movement and um and uh, I think that's a great campaign because, you know, these companies are being held responsible, you know, and, and it's like, we want to see the data. We want to see your numbers. Like if I go on your Instagram page and I'm scrolling down and all I see is the same type of person and I don't see any type of diversity, you know, there, there's a problem with that. There's I agree. I agree. But I think you uh, um, are such a amazing role model and you're going to like inspire so many people, which I bet you already have inspired so, so many, but you're already inspiring me. <laughs> um, so on just a different note, um, we just kind of wanted to know what is your favorite brands right now? Um, well, probably, I mean, one of my favorite brands is Revolve. Um, I, I love Revolve because they carry everything from shoes to swimwear to, you know, red carpet gowns to um, athletic wear. Um, they're just so encompassed in terms of um, the range of products that they carry. Um, so I've always loved Revolve and, um, you know, they work with some great designers and um, I've actually traveled with Revolve. Um, I, went, I went, last year I went to Australia with them. That was amazing. And um, I also went to Revolve Around the World in New York. I was supposed to go to the Bahamas with Revolve before quarantine happened. Um, I've been to Revolve Festival during Coachella. So, yeah, so they're, you know, I, I love Revolve. I also love the um, Oma Beauty, the Black-owned brand that I just mentioned. They have some, like, like really good quality products, really great colors. Um, and I just love what they stand for. Um, there's a brand called, um, uh, McKinsey and, and, um, he's out of New York and he's known for jewelry, but he also makes like face masks, you know, and it's like yeah. it's face masks and it's like, what better way to support, you know, a black owned business than to, you know, buy a face mask from a black owned business. He has like all these like super cool, like designs and face masks. So, um, yeah, I posted it on my story uh, yesterday and I also, I did a, um, if you go to Sound Society Magazine, I did an article about some, like, um, uh, face masks, you know, but make it fashion. And so okay. he's included oh, on that. that. Okay, so we're going to yeah. stalk you as soon as we're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you have, like, the best style, so I can't wait to go through and go through it. Yeah, and then, but just um, the, you know, jewelry designers who are doing face masks, I don't know, um, if you're a fan of, I, I'm never going to pronounce it right, but Lily Suzuki. Um, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, like the headbands. She did yeah. face masks. And they're I, really cute. I, I love, like, when a jewelry designer does face masks because they're so much more, um, you know, detailed. <laughs> so I'm excited. You're an expert when it comes to accessories, right? If you're a jewelry designer, <laughs> accessories. Yeah, and I'm very excited to check out Mackenzie. Like, is it M-A-C-K? Um, M-C-K. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. This is gonna be so much fun. And then, um, are there um any like particular right now, just back to fashion, um, styles that you're loving or trends or anything like that's making you excited? Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'm kind of so this trend is cool, but I'm kind of already tired of it. But because we're in quarantine. Like, I'm still digging it. So it's the whole, like, tie-dye thing, you know? Um, 
So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I was born in 1980. So like I grew up in the eighties and the nineties during the whole tie dye, you know, um, movement. And so now it's reemerged this summer. And, um, the, but the great thing I like about it is it's just, it's just casual. It's like sweats, it's t-shirts, it's, you know what I mean? And I just love the colors. Um, but, um, I think it's going to be short lived. I think probably yeah. after some going to be, <laughs> you know, a dying trip, but, um, I, I was very surprised though, because even my mother said she, she wanted my mother who is like the most classic, like Chanel tweed jacket kind of dresser. And then she turned, she's like, I want a tie dye sweatshirt. And I was like, wow, this trend is really like, you know, reaching people. I was not expecting that. I know. It, but you know, yeah, it's like, they just get recycled yeah. over and over again. I agree. I, and Alana has been having fun because she keeps tie-dyeing everything or making us tie-dye necklaces. Well, okay, so like there were a few brands last season who did tie-dye in like a very elevated way, like silk dresses that were tie-dyed. Yeah. And I was not, I liked the way it looked, but I wasn't into it enough to like spent like four hundred dollars on that like it was not going to be something where i was going to invest money into it. and then I was, right now you know i have the time and the resources to do that myself and i was like oh i have some old dresses that maybe have stain or something like that and i was like oh tie-dye and then she was making everyone matching bracelets and necklaces but that's not tie-dye just i don't know if you're a fan of the designer roxanne Asseline. oh no like tons of beaded bracelets and necklaces she's very famous for sort of let's say an adult version of that sort of kid inspired like what you'd make at camp kind of thing but they're really elaborate and beautiful and again in quarantine I was like I'm gonna order beads on Amazon and I'm gonna make myself some like Roxanne Asseline kind of inspired designs so I'd go to her website and see like color combo she did and then get my beads <laughs> so I have the more like the original where they look I make I made them at summer camp <laughs> but I really love them also really loving right now is um is is matching face masks like with your outfit right so I think too yeah like I so there's a brand called Marled and I just posted on my Instagram like a, a day or two ago um but they they make really cute outfits like pants suit sets and skirt sets with like a matching face mask i just bought like a swimsuit with a cover-up with a matching face mask so i love that's what i think gonna be like the the thing is like cute outfits. is that in your highlights for me to stock um no but i can put it in my highlights please do because i'm gonna go <laughs> and then i can see because i love the way you dress so i'll get inspired too yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then we wanted to know um, what has been like the highlight of your career so far. The highlight of my career, probably um, I was nominated for Entrepreneur of the Year from the Los Angeles Business Journal. And so I would say that's probably one of my highlights. Um, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah, of course, and you deserve it, honestly. Thank you. And then your um, your career obviously is so dynamic. You're a founder, you're an editor-in-chief, you're an influencer, you do so many other things. Um, we just kind of wanted to know, um, did you have like a favorite role within that or do you feel like it's all kind of 
one in it? Like, do you prefer, you know, getting your picture taken, doing like more, like you said, like Instagram, or is it you love the interviews? What has been your favorite? Yeah, I think, I mean, for what I do, you know, it's, it's when people ask me what I do, it's like I do so much and it can't necessarily be fit into a box, you know, and, um, and I, I love all aspects of it. So, you know, if you want to say content creator, you know, that spans like across, you know, doing like video content, doing photo content, you know, writing content, you know, all different facets of it. And so I truly love communication and content creation. Um, I would say one of my favorite things to do is work with brands and to do brand campaigns because it's like you get like a scope of work and you're able to reimagine or envision, you know, how to illustrate that to your audience. And I love, you know, creating creative concepts um, around brands. Um, so I would say I would probably like that the best. Um, I, I really love travel. I do a lot of travel content with brands, with tourism boards, with hotels. I'm actually doing my very first press trip um, since quarantine um, in a couple of days is to Paso Robles, which is like wine country. Um, it's very similar to Napa, also in California, but I love travel. So like just over like the past like year, like I went to, um, you know, Australia, I went to, or like Greece, I went to Thailand, I went to Mexico, I went to Qatar, I went to Paris, like all these places. That's amazing. great. I I want to come live like three years. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. I love to travel a lot as well. So um, we always are on like the next move, and that's always our favorite thing like something that can get us. Yeah, anything that allows us to engage out, you know, we kind of what you said. I love to make people kind of see our perspective on something super beautiful and like make that beautiful to them even if they didn't initially see it that way and I feel so much when I'm traveling or when I'm experiencing something new or just something that is not in my daily environment it always opens up new ideas mm-hmm. yeah and um because you do interview a lot of people has there been a favorite person you've gotten to interview yeah probably um Rachel Zoe um I had an opportunity to like sit down and interview her and it's actually on my YouTube channel, um, under style and society's channel. But, um, yeah, we sat down, we had like a really, really great interview. We talked about everything. We talked about fashion. We talked about, you know, how she started and her journey. We talked about Coachella and how she kind of created this like boho chic kind of like style aesthetic. Um, so she's really great. And it was, it was probably one of my favorite interviews. Uh so what would be your dream collaboration? My dream collaboration. Well, let's see, I've been, I've been very fortunate to work with so many brands um, across like almost every category. Um, I guess what would be my, my dream collaboration? Um, I mean, you know, I've always wanted to go to Africa, um, specifically Kenya. So I would love to do, you know, work with the brand or do some, um, charity work like in Kenya I think that would be amazing oh that yeah well I feel like you're gonna do that yeah so I have no doubt like next time you'll take over the world like I just got back from Kenya 
Yeah, well, I was named after the country. So, um, so where my name came from is um, during the year that I was born, there were a lot of children in Kenya dying of famine. And so my parents named me on behalf of all the children that had died that year. Um, and that's how I got it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I mean, I do love that they were Yeah, that they were. But that's that so beautiful, the connection. Yeah. yeah. That's really, really nice. Um, and then... I know quarantine is a little still in between, but during quarantine, have you felt like it has affected your platform or has limited you in any way or has it inspired you in different ways to kind of discuss stuff? Like, how have you felt? Yeah. So Stalin Society Magazine started out as an online platform. So we've always been digital and we've always been in the digital space. Um, but now since, um, you know, the social distancing mandate because of all the events being canceled, all the award shows being canceled, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all the events and everything being canceled. Now digital media and social media is more important than ever. And so we've been definitely doing more of like Instagram lives and, you know, just more like video content and really connecting with our audience and our community, um, you know, through like digital um, you know, normally, like outside of quarantine, we go to a lot of events. So we have like usually anywhere between like three and six events every single day. Oh, every wow. yeah, like red carpet, movie premieres, restaurant openings, you know, fashion shows, press trips, like all kinds of stuff every single day. All that has been canceled. So we've just kind of had to shift from like going to events to doing more events. Uh, virtual events so that's been that's been the shift since quarantine and have you found like your audience is responding well to it yeah I think it's I think it's the new way of life um it's it's it's, <laughs> it's new normal <laughs> yeah, I, agree. I think everyone's adjusting that's in coordinating last year yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um just um we were wondering for something um fun um what um well, this was kind of more um, about TikTok, but I think we'll move on from that. Um, with like how the world of fashion is going through a revolution, do you see it affecting the industry? I know we did kind of discuss about it, but um, do you think, what would the changes you would like to see? Is it, I know we kind of said like being more biased and transparent, is there anything else you would like to see? Yeah, I just think um, I just think um, really being more open to diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, I even think you know brands like Revolve like bringing in more designers of color. You know, in terms of like their fashion collections and you know brands working with more influencers um, of color. You know, also working with more influencers that might be someone of disabled. You know, so like when we say diversity, like diversity doesn't just mean black and white, right? Um, you know, it's, it's diversity, it's taking a holistic approach to diversity. And um, I would like to see the fashion industry be more inclusive of diversity internally and externally. Do you have any like upcoming projects that you're really excited about that might reflect even kind of that message? Yeah, let's see what I have coming up. Um, uh, like I, I have like a couple of like campaigns and things coming up. Um, I'm doing a campaign um, and actually a contest giveaway with Kikori. Um, 
which, which is a, a jewelry, like a fine jewelry brand. They have a collab collection, Who, What, Where. And so I'm going to be doing a, a contest giveaway sometime in July with that. So I'm excited about that. Um, you know, also, you know, with the press trip that I mentioned coming up to Paso Robles, you know, that's, you know, I have that coming up. Um, I've been working a lot more on like, um, you know, campaigns for fashion brands, um, all kinds of like jewelry brands and like, you know, clothing brands and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I just think, um, you know, working more on those kind of campaigns and, and really showcasing, um, diversity, help, helping brands showcase diversity. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to help brands and, and help more influencers by help, helping to open up more doors. Yeah. Utilize, utilizing my platform and my voice to open up doors for other influencers just like me. You know, do, you, do you think that the um, outreach to you, I know it was already quite strong and, and people were already brands and, and clients were kind of looking to you already for that reason, but do you feel that there's been an influx of that in the last sort of months or so? Um... I think, I mean, I think so. Um, um, you know, I'm still, you know, working with a lot of the brands, but like after I did that I, Instagram takeover with Revolve, like I definitely did get contacted by, you know, a lot of like fashion brands and beauty brands and jewelry brands um, that I had never worked with before. So, um, so that was great. Yeah, that's exciting. I, I really hope that that, um, a lot of people have that sort of story where they get an opportunity and it leads to more opportunities, but especially for um, a voice that's asking for more diversity and more opportunity and for kind of, like you said, a holistic approach. I think that's really, really wonderful. Yeah, you're such a beautiful You're very articulate. I mean, yeah. obviously not surprising. But <laughs> and then on a fun note, are there any fun shows or fun things you've been doing during quarantine? Yeah, like you're so busy, but what do you do for anything? fun? <laughs> yeah, well, so the only so the only show that I watch religiously is The Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, it's like the only show that I that I've watched since season one, and and I I follow throughout the whole journey. Um, so I do love The Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm also a Lifetime movie junkie. Um, and so I love watching like Lifetime movies. I've watched every single one of them. possible just even the title like may I like it was so properly <laughs> asked and it was the most bizarre movie and I just I, never, I, I just made me love all lifetime movies after that yeah yeah I'm a total lifetime movie junkie <laughs> but I don't know what you guys so do you guys watch the housewives of Beverly Hills yes we watch we pretty much all, all housewives I, there's no housewives. I don't think, yeah, I don't think there's any. I don't watch like competition shows at all. So I don't watch like the food competition shows. I don't really like the real estate shows because I kind of feel like there's a bit of that in that. I just am not interested in that. But if it's about a housewife or about like waiters and sort of the <laughs> high low of it all, like anything that's sort of about human interaction, both of us are kind of, we love psychology, we love kind of that sort of nature of people and because we're stylists 
obviously I'm sure you'll you'll experience this. You hear so much of people's stories and so much of the job is not actually what you're putting them in, but figuring out who they are so you can represent them. And so shows like that, I just get really attached to their stories and the dynamics because I'm like, then you meet someone in about 30 seconds, you're like, oh, I know who you are. You're a Kyle Richards, you're a Lisa Vanderpump, you know, you're um, an Erica or Dorit. And then, you know, you kind of find that way of helping them bring that out of themselves. So I love these shows. I just, yeah. I but just, I ate them like candy. I love all of them. Probably my, my favorite are Atlanta, Beverly and New York and then I do think Potomac is an amazing show but it doesn't get as much um I don't know why people don't love it as much I also love Married to Medicine but I haven't started the new Married to Medicine so I have a lot of I feel, I feel like a lot to get through but I'm obsessed with all the shows. what drew you to Beverly Hills in the beginning what what well, I have a question. What's been going on with the new season of the Beverly Hills? Because I haven't seen any new episodes. Two-week hiatus because of Corona. What? There's been a two-week hiatus because oh. of Corona. They're trying to sort of, they said that there was editing issues. Yeah, they didn't have enough time to edit so everything. Everything's not ready, so they gave two weeks for a few shows. Right. On New York, Beverly Hills and Below Deck Med have all had a two-week. They're coming back this week. So yeah. starting tonight, if there are yeah, any don't new worry. show. If there's a new show, it's coming out. Tonight. This is the week. But it's been rough because, and I keep seeing things with Brandy Glanville interviews about Denise Richards, and I'm like, just stay hidden until it's out. Like, don't say but anything until I'm ready off, for you. We were so upset because, at least when we watched it, that scene with um, um yeah, with um Denise where she it, says Bravo, Bravo, effing Bravo. I, it's never on the show. It, they cut it out. Did they do that when you watched it? Um, I have. I didn't see it. I mean, I didn't see it in the show. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it was cut out completely. I don't understand why they put it in every commercial, and then the scene where it actually happened, they cut it. I know, yeah. I feel like, okay, so so the thing about the Beverly Hills, I, I, I'm i really disappointed that Lisa Vanderpump is not on the show. I'm so okay. sad. She's my favorite. And I know you said you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, but now she's on Vanderpump Rules more, but, like, in a way that doesn't make sense, and it feels very thirsty, like she just wants the airtime, and she's interjecting herself, like she's playing pranks on her employees, like, really stupid yeah. cheap stuff. And I'm like, Lisa, you're better than this. Yeah. Go back to where you belong. Right. I think she's the most beautiful person. I'm so mad at Kyle. And wait, what's the boring one? And Teddy. I I want Lisa back. Wait, are you a Teddy fan? No, I, no. Uh, I, I do not like Teddy. I wish they okay, would have the show. She's so boring. So boring. Remotely. She is oatmeal <laughs> in human form. If I ever, ever, ever could associate oatmeal with a human, it would be Teddy. <laughs> not with, with, with cinnamon or apple or blueberry or spice. She is plain oatmeal with the Quaker guy on the front. Yeah. Human and she's dodgy. She acts like she's really nice. Yes. She's a good person, but she's not. And when you have to keep telling people to me, whenever somebody keeps retelling me, like, oh, they're so nice, they're so this, it makes me realize they're probably not. It's like when Jennifer Lopez says she's real. We know she's not real because she keeps telling us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Teddy, I, I hate Teddy. I wish they would kick her off the show. She adds nothing to the show. Nothing. And I absolutely do not like Sutton. The new, the new cast member, like the older woman, like 
there, there's nothing appealing about her at all. And I don't know why, out of all the people they could have chose, why would they choose her? So here's what I think. I think Sutton, because I work um, as well for Saks Fifth Avenue in their Fifth Avenue club. I feel like Sutton was a Fifth Avenue client, like, was going to all the shows, was being, like, has probably a very huge budget, so, like, spends a million or more on clothes and has a very, like, wealthy lifestyle. So I think when they saw her, they thought maybe she could be almost like a Lisa-ish, like somebody who's really, really wealthy and bringing. But Alana told me her husband, her ex-husband, um, he made it so she can't film the house. She can't film with her kids. So she was supposed to be a proper housewife. And then her ex-husband put some legal injunction on her so oh, and on Bravo. So a lot of what was filmed with her was cut out. So maybe she would have been more interesting. Well, I don't want to see her anyway. She's not even cute. No. Who's 
amazing over the top and ultra glamorous because she sort of doesn't have that inner drama. Like she doesn't she doesn't have I think she does produce drama, but I think she's also like No, she's more subtle though. Like for example, I'll give you an example. If someone did something horribly shady to Lisa Vanderpump, you know what she'd do. She'd smile and nod and about five episodes later she'd take that bitch down. If Kyle <laughs> someone says it, she bursts into tears, runs away and calls him a ragamuffin. Like that is not great TV, Kyle. No, but you can do better. I have just so many questions when it comes to Kyle. One, who told Kyle that she is a good fashion sense? Because she doesn't. She's cute, but she doesn't have a good fashion sense. No one would go to Kyle to shop at her store or get advice. And the fact that Teddy went to her should say volumes. And, like, the whole thing with Dorit and her annoyed me. Dorit did so much to help her, was trying so hard. And the way Kyle treated her, I was like, no. Kyle did not tell Lisa what she told Lisa last season about not believing her about putting things, you know, in the press. But they did that together. No, no, no. What I'm saying is Kyle didn't do that for Dorit. She did that for Kyle. Kyle wanted to take down Lisa. She didn't do this on behalf of her morality because if she had really felt that way, she would have taken her down in the beginning when they were both doing that all the time. Plus, Mm -hmm. to do what Lisa had two different people in her family pass away. Right. I felt like I felt like everybody was bullying Lisa last yeah. season. Like everyone jumped on the bandwagon. Everyone was all over. And who cares about the damn dog anyway? You, you did a whole freaking season about a damn dog. No. And the thing is, I forgot they mentioned it. As soon as as soon as I heard about the dog, I forgot about it, and then they kept bringing it up, and I was like, <laughs> Oh wait, we're still on this. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> it's crazy that the crazy. dog is safe. So yeah, why the dog is, it's not like the dog got not to be really grotesque and well, I love that but like it's not like the dog ended up like on the streets and killed or something horrible happened to the dog. The dog ended up in another home with the family that like made a whole Instagram account and probably making a lot of money off of having this dog. Like we who need cares to about the dog. The dog's fine. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think it was Lisa. Like I think Lisa, like it happened and she was just like, all right, like whatever you know, she moved on, you know, but then they kept on bringing it back up and then they kept on, like, making it bigger than it even was, you know what I mean? Because they had no plot. This is what I think. I think that there was some, not even that clever, but some producer behind there who, you know, how the producers come up and be like, do this, say this, you know, like, I just heard an interview on, um, What's it called? Yeah, not Comic-Con, it's Red Carpet with David Yontif, I think it's called, um, where Tamara had this two-part interview. And one of the things she was saying was how, like, you know, the producers would always love her because they could take her aside when they're all, like, at an event or something and tell her, you know, this is what we need to get, and she would always get it. And I feel like that's like a Lisa Vanderpump. Like, tell me what you need to get, and I will get this. Then they decided to go against Lisa. So they were, they were like, what are we going to get from, from this? And all they had was this stupid dog. Like, are you kidding? Like, whoever like, was like, let's, let's make this about the dog, said it to Teddy. And Teddy is useless. And it became like But I think also Lisa wanted to leave, take a year of absence last season. And she said Bravo told her don't. So I think what's going to happen is that this is her year of absence, and next year she's going to be right back. I'm really hoping. I think that's what the world needs right now. We need Lisa. We need Lisa. And we don't need Teddy, and we don't need... (laughs) I think, like, honestly, the cast... But I think Kyle 
involved with choosing the cast, so I don't know if Kyle would ever like leave, leave because I, I think, think she helps. Kyle, I don't think Kyle, no, I don't think Kyle should leave. She's the only original housewife yeah. there is for Beverly Hills, yeah. so he yeah. should never. But Teddy, Teddy needs to go. Yeah, I'm kind of over Erica. Erica, I love Erica Jane. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. Here's the thing. I love. Erica Jean, and it's not that I don't love her, and I definitely love her style, and I love like the whole thing, but I feel like the fact that she is not taking over is worrying me. Like she should be the person taking Kyle but and Lisa Ren in her. Are... Like yeah, but like there should be like like if you're not going to take your rightful throne, this whole time you've kind of been like above everything and like this powerful thing, like use your power now or otherwise you've not actually been what I thought you are. And if Kyle and Teddy are not usurped from this weird little makeshift throne they've made for themselves by Erica, I will be very upset because I feel like it should be like Erica in the center and Dorit and like Lisa Rinna, like that to me is the power three. Yeah. And like Kyle... And Teddy, Kyle can kind of be like fourth, you know, and Teddy's end of the couch. I mean, she is someone as far away as possible. <laughs> She's on that that little chair that they throw in for 10 minutes and then tell her goodbye. She is no longer relevant. No, but I do think it's hilarious that you need Dorit, Erica, and Lisa Renna to make up one Lisa Vanderpump. Yes. Like, no one brings what Lisa Vanderpump has brought to this show. But I am excited about the Denise and Kyle thing. Do you, I mean, Denise and Brandy, do you have any thoughts? Do you think it's real? Um, so, so I've, I've never liked Brandy. Like, never, you know, ever. I've never liked her. I think she's a, a, a bee, a bitch. <laughs> I think that she's had way too much plastic surgery. And think she's had a on her shoulder since she, she got a divorce. You know, like, it's just, and she's trying to make herself relevant. She doesn't fit the Beverly Hills aesthetic or lifestyle. She's trashy. She's just in it for, like, the drama. Like, she probably doesn't have a job right now, so she's probably just trying to create drama and be on the show to have some type of relevancy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a Brandy fan, and I think this was just probably contrived to create some drama on the show because, as you, as you saw, like, in the trailers for this season, you know, that kind of drama is kind of what they integrated into, like, the trailers. Yeah. And we still haven't so seen far, everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, I thought it was so weird. They made it look like when Denise left, the barbecue was going to be about Brandy. They made it look when she At said, the brother, dinner, brother, 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 about brother, about Brandy. So far, I've heard nothing about Brandy. But they said yeah. it's going to be the second half of the season. So it should be I this week. There's something about Brandy that... I find it so off-putting. There is nothing about her, like, where I feel. The, I think in the entire time I've known Brandy, the only time I felt anything for her was when they hid the, her crutches. I didn't care for that. I thought, that I thought Kyle that and Kim were mean. being mean at the game night. Like, I'm not saying that, um, you know, over time I've lost it. I don't really have sympathy for her. But when I was re-watching um, first and second, you know, in the early season, it really made me look at Kyle a little differently too, look at Kim a little differently. And the only time I have ever found myself having any emotional sympathy for Brandy was that one scene. And outside of that, she's just been monstrous. She's not a nice person. No. She has so much hatred inside. I mean, what she did to Adrian, I forgot all about that. That's a disgusting paid woman thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I hope, I mean, you know, I hope, I, I think what she's 
she's trying to do is weasel her way back on the show. I agree. Pretty sure. Because she mentions it all the time. It's not even happened on the show. And then I feel like Bravo might have some sort of agreement with her because they seem to be promoting it too. Like Brandy is such a big thing. Like I understand when, for example, Nini left Atlanta and then she came on for like a, a few episode arc so they were all season pumping it up and I understood that because that she's Nini a Lee. huge draw and then you know obviously she came back because people wanted to see her back but Brandy nobody's no, begging nobody to wants Brandy back, back. nobody cares about oh. Brandy. like so irrelevant you know and her has not like grown if you will like it's not like oh she would be coming back from a place where she's almost evolved and we want to see how she got there and where her life is no she's coming from exactly who she was then it's like the years she's been away nothing has I think it made her like more like yeah she's upset. just hard yeah yeah and that I agree with plastic surgery is getting worse and worse every year oh my god and they don't like me of Taylor I was re-watching Taylor's face Oh, mm -hmm. that's so sad with Taylor because everyone should have got to Paul. Paul Nessie would have made it okay. But Paul did Taylor's face. No, he did it when we saw it on screen. I think when you're not seeing her anymore, she might not have gotten the oh. free stuff from Paul anymore. Oh. You know who no. I think they should cast on the show? Who? The cast member. So I've been a fan for a long time. I think she is funny and brilliant, and she's a sharp shooter, and she doesn't take any shit. And she'll like, you know, like call you out on your on your shit, like Faye Resnick. Yeah! Yes! I never understood why why they've never had her be a cast member. Dina and I were talking about because I told you we were re-watching everything. And both of us, she's kind of like a Marlo Hampton. Like, why do I they not Marlo. have their peaches? And why do they not have their I, I keep talking about shows that and you just said you go watch, but there's some major friend ofs that are to me it's like they're the best characters. That they are yeah. not Faye is to me some of the most iconic moments. Yeah. Housewife oh, but did she say to um, Brandy, like, just because you carry a Chanel bag? She just said the yeah, bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she just said yeah. like, but, I mean, at the, at the dinner party with the crazy psych, oh, psych first season, yeah, psych with this everything that happened was because Faye, and yeah. then, like, even Camille's line about, oh, the morally reprehensible Faye Resnick, I know you. And Kim, when Kim's like, oh, yeah, I know you from the Playboy. Like, it was suddenly, like, everything, season was everything that happened was because of Faye. And mm -hmm. even this season, the one interesting dinner party, who was there? Faye. Like, mm -hmm. she should. I, I think she must not want certain things about her life. That's why I think um there's this other show, sorry, where another character is always like basically on every episode, but we don't get into all of her life. She's still a friend of, and I think for both of them, it's because they don't want us to see. I think someone at Bravo hates that person. No, you think because Faye is amazing. I, I feel like Faye is such. Now she was in New York. Yeah, but she's such an interesting press, and she's actually genuinely connected to these people, so it's organic, and when you see them with it, there's layered history, which I always like with the housewives, mm -hmm. and she, like you said, she is a straight shooter, not afraid to call people out, like, she is very comfortable to say her opinion, and I love her. They should bring back Lisa and Faye next year, because of yeah. Matt. That guys, our lips to God's ears. Let's make this happen. You guys, that would be like the best season. Lisa coming back, 
and Faye and okay. her. Then Kyle would be start. relevant again too. Yes, like, Kyle would be and in let's the just middle. bring Kim back too. Let's I think back. yeah, we need Kim back because like Kyle and Kim. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, really that, into that, it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and now, because you know how Kyle and, and oh sorry, Kim and Brandy in real life are really still close friends. And ever since this happened, you know how Kyle hated Brandy. Well, because when Brandy was coming out against Lisa this year and Denise, um, Kyle was like, I love Brandy. She's such she a good person. She always tells the truth. So <laughs> I would like, love so to see, because I know when Kim and Brandy get together, Kyle does not like that, that mix. So to also yeah. have Kim and yeah. Brandy maybe not really on the show, but us knowing that's affecting things. We've just created, you guys, at least two seasons worth. Exactly. Yeah. We should exactly. all put on new hats as part of our career. Oh, bravo. bravo producers. I'm going to call up Evolution because I know that's the production company that does all this stuff. And I was like, we've got a power situation right here. Like, these brands no, are making we're things We're supposed happen. to go to the Hamptons soon. We should just try to find Andy Cohen. And yes. Like, <laughs> we have a great idea. Yeah, seriously. What do you guys think about, um, about Garcelle on the show? I love, I love her. her, but I've always loved her. I used to watch her on um, the Jamie Foxx show. So when mm -hmm. she, the girl, I thought she was like the most beautiful woman like in the world and just getting to see her like again, I'm so excited. The only thing is though, I feel like I want, but to be fair, the first season of someone, I don't feel like you're getting them in their most natural or people's interactions with them at their most natural. And I feel like everyone was like overwhelmingly nice to her that aren't normally overwhelmingly nice to new people, especially in Housewives. They're like, they're always very cautious with new people. And I felt like I liked that right away she was calling people out for their fakeness and like, no, you're just being nice. I think even though she didn't say it, but like for the cameras, like you're not being authentic. Like I like that and I like more of that. So I'm, I'm good with her. I'm so far very interesting. And I want more of her. I feel like there should be more time. Like I want to hear more about like her life. Like, yeah, but she has so much going on. That's actually my one criticism. I don't love oh, when housewives did. come on and they're too busy to be the housewives. Like, it's like a side thing. Like, housewives needs to be your main chick and, like, your but other she was, stuff she's, to be Because she's side. filming a lot right now, right? Yeah, when she's too busy. Her. I need her to, like, have a career slow down a little bit. But she's so strong with she, like, that she and her husband, ex-husband, can still be, like, friends. Yeah, I, but I mean, she did write the letter. But oh, what about you? So let me tell you, let me tell so I, so I know Garcelle, I know Garcelle personally, um, and, and she's great. She's so nice and kind and smart and like just everything. Is she, um, I feel like in person, she's probably even more glowing. She is. She's, she's, she's amazing. Um, but I think for the housewives, I think they need somebody that's a little bit more raw and not so polished and put together like she is. To, to, to bring more drama to the TV. I don't think she, she's so polished that she's not going to bring, you know, the ratings and, and the drama that, that the show really needs to survive, you know? Um, I think that someone like, um, do you guys know who um, Nicole Murphy is? Yeah, yeah of, course. of course. So I think she would be, like, if they wanted to add, I, I, they brought her in because they wanted to add some diversity. So they put a black girl in to divert, diversify the show. Um, but I think Nicole Murphy would have been, like, the better pick because, you know, she already had a reality show, like, it's called Hollywood X's. 
like oh. on VH1 like years yeah, I ago. That. I, I never watched a show, but I know oh, I've watched know. that before. She already gets the whole reality TV world. She already she already gets it. She she's from the Beverly Hills dynasty, you know, being married to Eddie Murphy, Beverly Hills. You know, she's gorgeous and like she's so like shady and like really like kind of kind of slutty like yeah, she she'll did, like bring the yeah, drama yeah, yeah, didn't she, like, have some yeah she slept with that the, the, yeah, the, someone else's husband yeah, yeah. I love that. that was last april i remember because she was like we just randomly bumped into each other yeah. on the island where no one else is on and this shows them kissing too because i was watching um now, uh, it doesn't have like 10 kids in that amazing body. Is that, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she has a lot of kids. Yeah. She yeah, would be gorgeous. great. And she's done she the perfect castmate yeah, on the show. You made your argument. So you should, uh, <laughs> you should be a part of casting. <laughs> I wish I was. Sally, I feel. I love the way she dresses, though. I do love the way she dresses. Like Kyle putting on her. I feel she actually has a relationship with Denise. Like, it seems like they really are friends like outside of the show or like friendly I should say yeah they do seem close like to have each other's back and Denise and I don't know if it's true Garcelle like Denise and Garcelle and Uh I I don't know if it's actually true but one of the things that I heard um in the Cohen same interview is like they trying to never bring on someone that doesn't have an an actual connection with at least one of the girls because then it's very hard to get them into the group. They said that they've done it a few times on different shows and those people have really not like blended in. They've all been one season people. Mm-hmm. So, and she I does seem like she's maybe, friends with, Yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, I feel like she genuinely is friends with Denise, which that's is why, why she's and so she knew Lisa. So I feel, uh, Lisa Reyna, I mean, so I feel like maybe that's why they, one of the reasons they chose Garcelle as well. But maybe, on the other hand, maybe Garcelle knows. And she's going to be a secret bomb. Lady Murphy. <laughs> and then Miss Murphy can join the cast next season. Or Garcelle could be like a secret bomb. You know how some of them start off where they don't seem like anything, and then all of a sudden she'll set something off? But no, that but that's why I don't like when they're too busy, because if they're super busy, they don't get the drama. They don't get how to get in the drama. They don't know how to be messy in the right way. Like, I someone who is still writing crazy letters to their ex-husband who you know finds a pair of you know like that one of the women are missing their underwear and comes with them with a box of a thong or something like I need another like someone who wants to get who did that to read did that to Erica oh yeah like I need messiness <laughs> I like it when they get you know but don't be so like I do think wins the award for yes. best style on the show, hands down. Her makeup, her hair, her shoes, her bag, every outfit that she wears, she slays. Everything, yes. and I can't oh, believe, damn. like, when, again, I know I just, because I, I went on, like, a long rant with this with Alana, I can't believe that Kyle ever, like, teases Dorit or Garcelle or any of these people who come in, and they come in looking like, so amazing and you see kyle and she's like how could they wear them you look at what she's wearing you're like well who put you in this mess like who is her friend ever since kyle cut her hair though she has went from like eh to bleh like (laughs) i'm not i am very mad at kyle but i love dorit style i have like style crush on so many things that they put dorit in no but i I love that balenciaga dorit i think and 
Erica, one of the reasons I think that they are such strong housewives is because they are like they bring visually it. they are yeah. the part like you see it in them and they yeah. have especially for LA that glamour and yeah. that kind of presentation that you want to see and I get so disappointed when you see like you know oatmeal over there because <laughs> I watch this show to see my neighbor I want to see I know so, I mean on some of the other shows I know you don't watch but there's a few new characters where they're like you know they're not at it necessarily in the same level of affluence and they're not in the same level of presentation of themselves and I'm like what I can see that across the street like I don't need that what I want is that full rounded lifestyle I want ultra fab and Dorit delivers that's what I need Lisa I'm a Dorit fan though like 100% she's one of my favorite housewives hands I think down. now on the show my two favorites now is Dorit and Erica Dorit and Erica. So look, okay, let's talk about husbands, okay? okay? So, so my favorite husbands of on the show of all time is Mauricio because he's so hot. He's so oh, handsome. I don't think marry him in a second. Yeah. I mean, he's like the ideal husband that everybody wants, right? And he yeah, just turned fifty this weekend, and he doesn't look like a day but over for not, a season. Like he's very physically handsome, but, but I also find everything about his. Being is him. yes. Like when he talked in the first, I think it's the first season, but at um his um second season, I think. No, at the graduation of oh, Farrah. Farrah's graduation, who isn't even really his daughter, and talks about how he fell in love with Kyle because he saw her as a mother. I like was like okay. <laughs> He's just such so a wonderful like, so like person, and then every time like. Even if you don't agree with him, like when he was fighting with Brandy um, on behalf of Adrian and Paul when she said those things, and he was never rude to her, but he was so passionately fighting, like, no, it's morally wrong. Like, what you did is bad. You cannot say you expect a good result. Like, he was so, like, I was like, he's such a good guy. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right? Never. So handsome. I don't even think so. I think Ken and Mauricio for Beverly Hills. Yes. I, I love Ken. I love Ken and Lisa. Like they, the like I, I just I, I just uh, I'm so in love with their love, mm -hmm. and I just can't think of any other house husbands across all the franchises, but certainly even Beverly Hills, who compare to those two. They are like the creme yeah. of house husbands. But what about who else for you? Um. So my so my favorite is is Mauricio and Ken. Like those are my favorites. The the, the husband that I hate right. the most yes. is I hate. Um, Denise's husband. I just don't like him. Something about him just irks me. The guy that she just married. Yeah. This guy. He's just yeah, weird. very weird. Yeah. He's so I, weird. He's very weird. But she's weird. I mean, last season, she's all about his hot... Uh, I was going to speak to you in Arabic. He's, she's all about, <laughs> you know, speaking about his winky. And then this year, she's like, oh, no, virginias don't talk about anything sex. And, and then he seems to be in the same kind of place. Like, where Who was that? that? I think way. they meant more about in front of the kids. See, I actually, I like Denise. I wasn't playing. I didn't think I was going to like her. Denise kind of grew up. I think Denise is interesting. Like, I want to know more. I don't know how I feel about her. But the husband weirded me out when he was talking about that alternative thing he when does. He, yeah. And, and, and when he said he was being stalked and Dina turned to me and he was, she's like, how does he know it's not paparazzi? He's married to Denise <laughs> Richards. <laughs> what do you think of Harry Hamlin? 
I like him. I mean, he's not on the show a lot, but I, he's just, he's cool, you know? He's, yeah. like, he's OG, been around a, lo- a long time. And, you know, I, I like them together. They seem to balance each other out, like, he's chill. Like, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other husbands. PK. Oh, PK. He's well, not my cup of tea. I agree. He's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, so I like, think so they really, really love each other. I think that is genuine. I think that. Yeah. Like, he definitely. <laughs> no, like, because I told you I do styling for her sister. So I'm always seeing, like, pictures of them on holiday and, like, things about their real life. And I feel like there's genuinely, like, they are very much a team, which is lovely. Yeah. Having said that, I do not get it. I don't get it. Okay. So, so, like, keep in mind, like, so I've met, like, all of the housewives before. Like, everybody <laughs> on the show, like, I've met them before. And, and like, I, I, I may be on this season of <gasps> the episodes, too. You have to tell <laughs> Well, so I was actually on a season. I was on, remember when Dorit had that fashion show for her bikini line? Yeah. Remember her, her first runway show? So I was on that episode because um, I was just, you know, I was there at the fashion show and they, they got me. I'm going to go find you. So I was in that one. And then for this season, um, uh, Erica Jane had a, uh, a shoe collection launch for um, Shoe Dazzle, and yeah. it was a, it was like a winter themed party. This was back around like the holidays, and um, the whole cast was there except for um, Garcelle. Garcelle wasn't there, um, but mostly everybody else was there, and it was just like a launch for her new shoe collection. So I was there, and you know cameras were everywhere, and there wasn't that many people there. So I may be on episode like in the background or something oh my god I and i was talking to Rita for a little while too huh i, I was talking to Rita the party yeah yeah um so yeah so i may be on the show but what did you do pk so pk <laughs> so like when he first like the first season that um you know pk and dorit were on it i actually didn't i didn't really like pk or dorit like, they didn't, you know, it was just something that it just seemed very forced, and it, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling it. Um, I feel like Dorit came into her own. You know, she really um, became more confident in her own style and her own being on the show. Um, but I don't know, like, PK, there's been some things, like, in past seasons where he's gotten his nose up into the business with the girls, and I don't like that. No, I don't I didn't like that, you know, when he tried to defend Dorit, and yeah, he was just being very nasty. Yeah, I just don't understand how the husbands don't understand, like, this is a show. Shows are like games, like, let the women play the women game, but, like, men be, you know, like, in the men's area. Like, just sit in the green room and wait till (laughs) shooting's over. (laughs) But when you met them, was it, um, when you were meeting them, were they... Because I got to meet Lisa Vanderpump and Ken very fast, but they were doing like a wine thing, and I, I went, and it was, she's so beautiful live, and exactly as lovely as you would imagine, and he does carry Jiggy with him everywhere, so that was just a treat in itself. But when you met the other girls, like, were like, they like, Yeah, nice who or? disappointed you, and who was the most amazing? Um, You know, I thought, I mean, like, for, like, Erica Jane, um... I thought that she, because 
on the show, she was like, you know, when she got on the show, I instantly liked her. I, I was like, oh, I, she, she's cool, you know? But, like, when I met her in person, you know how they say on the show that she's a little cold? Like, yeah. that's what it seems like in person, too. Like, you would think because she has this dynamic personality and she plays this character and she's on stage and extravagant, like, you would think that come, that come across in person. But in person, she did seem very dry and just very cold, you know? Yeah, so it almost makes me think, like, to your point, how you were saying, like, okay, now on this season, now that Lisa's not there, she should take her throne, like, what yeah. happened to that big personality, and, like, yeah. you know, like, it's like, I'm, like, thinking, like, well, who are you? What kind yeah. of, like, who are you really, you know? What, I are you a big dynamic character, or was that just the, uh, that, was that Erica Jane and not really Erica Garcetti, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I am the type of person where outside of my work where obviously I have to be quite like warm and inviting to people because I'm constantly engaging with new clients and things like that. But I can be a bit shy, like just on my own if I don't have the, the let's say, um, the thing that we're talking about, whether it be like I'm styling a person, so their needs, if, it, if I can't make it immediately about that other person and all these stuff and then it's a little bit of a new back and forth I can get like kind of quiet for a second until I can feel like my comfort and so I do understand that but that's not what I feel happens with her I feel like she gets like shut down it's like almost like robotic where she powers up into these kind of performances and into these yeah. Yeah. and then she's just herself it's kind of very yeah and yeah. I want to see I want to see she doesn't seem to also have like queen doesn't seem like you could have like a cheesy like you could have yeah like, like she's she very got, straight yeah and she like, and okay. if she's laughing at something it's because she's like aware that laughing at that thing or like if she's making a sassy comment because she's aware like that's what it calls for it's not because she's doing it. I'd love to see her what she's like when Yolanda and her just one on one is there a nice back and forth but see I, I think that's a totally different person that we've never met yeah who else continue. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I've met I've met all of them before because it's like, and I think that's that's why Beverly Hills Housewives is the only show that I watch is because I feel connected to all of them because you know I kind of run in the same circles, the same social scene, like you yeah. know going to the same parties. Like I've been to Adrian's house before for like her holiday party. I do wish that that they would bring back that that I didn't like at the beginning that I grew to like was Camille. So Camille, when she was married to Kelsey Grammer, I did not like Camille at all. But after she got a divorce, after she took some time off, after she got to, you know, renew herself and come into her own, she became a, a better person. And and I like her. One more question, because we know we took a lot yeah, of your time. Yeah, we took a lot of time. We should do this on a regular basis and do, like, our own, like, after show. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. If yeah, you would love, love that. that.
Kyle and delete Lisa. Ugh. And what are you talking on the phone when you call Lisa Vanderpump? Um, I don't know. I think I would just talk about just like I, I would just ask her like, can I just come to your house? I want to see those swans. I want to see that little, that little horse, the little pony. Like I just want to have like tea at your house. <laughs> I want to swing on that swing, and I'll go yes. up in the closet. <laughs> yeah, her like closet is so magical place in the world. No. But I yeah. do like Pinky and Pinky. I would love to just like meet those lovely little swans and like have a moment. What are you texting Kyle about? Um, gosh. Um, I just like, I mean, I would text her just because she's an OG. So I always have loyalty to like the OGs. Um, but I don't know. Like I would probably text her. <laughs> I would probably text her about, um, I don't know what I would text her about. Um, because actually, to be honest, I'm more interested in, in Mauricio show like a hundred versions of them doing that thing and they watch it and be like I didn't remember that or it came out the wrong way there's this one show, show that we watched where they literally have two characters on recording saying something at the reunion they play the recording and both the characters are like that's not how it happened and they're like it must have been edited and Andy was like it was not that's the raw footage and she's like that's just not it I'm sorry mm -hmm. that I agree with what I said. So we're like, but you said it. No, let's see, that's how I know um, a person is going to be like a long, great housewife when, when they can look at footage of them doing something and be like, no. You are like a dream come true to interview. Yeah, I literally could do this like all day. Yeah. Every day. You guys, um, don't forget to follow me at Style and Society. Also, follow me at Kenya Claiborne on Facebook, on Instagram, and on TikTok. Make sure you check us out at www.stylesociety.com as well. Yeah. Do it right away, everyone. We yeah. stalk her all the time. She's the best style, best, best everything, thing, best information, yeah. and the coolest, coolest content. We can't wait. <laughs> we want to talk to you all week long, all the time. So join our conversation 
on our social media platforms. You can catch up with us on TikTok and Instagram under Stylishly Solomon. And you can shop our looks on Like It, Like to Know It, as well as on Amazon. Find our links in our Instagram bio. And we look forward to see you next week. We can't wait to continue the conversation and gossip a little more. And until next time, just own it.